Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode. This is our 75th episode, Abe. Number 75, baby. <laughs> we, we did it, I guess, or something. <laughs> one, one of those things. Halfway to the sesquicentennial. Yeah. yeah. Cue the Door Explorer, we did it song. We did it! We did it! We did it! Yay! Alicema! We did it! And, uh, okay, so anyway, for our 75th episode, we are going to be talking about the film Looper, the new film from Ryan Johnson, uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, and Emily Blunt. And um, joining us to talk about Looper, we have writer for Ropes of Silicon and Film.com, co-host of Brad and Laramie on Movies, the true rainmaker, Laramie Legal. I'm also out with Aaron and Abe. <laughs> <laughs> and from the Legion of Dudes and Walking Dead TV podcast, we have Mr. Jordan from Jersey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, yeah. It's our 75th episode. And I think towards the end of this, we're going to have a little tag that's going to kind of commemorate some of what we've done in 75 episodes. So we'll get to that kind of, you know, later, as I said. Uh, for now. Uh, out now in memoriam. Yeah, out now in memoriam. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel style. Yeah. And uh, let's see, we have an email. It's from Mike Blakemore. Uh, it says, congrats on reaching 75 episodes. I was wondering what your favorite movie you've reviewed on the show has been. Also, do you have a favorite episode? Mine is episode 38, which I believe is The Artist. Abe, do you have a favorite movie that we reviewed? Abe, do you have a favorite movie that we reviewed on the show? All of them. Best <laughs> answer ever. All right? of them. I haven't had a lot of time to think about it. That's a good question, Mike Blakemore. Thanks. So I really actually really enjoyed the Alien vs. Predator uh, episode a lot. And I know that's not a real episode, that's kind of a bonus, but I just had a lot of fun with that one. Well, because it was Alien vs. Predator, Requiem. Yeah, and we were just... A movie that deserved a commentary. So. We were just egging it like crazy. I, I fall back on our, our Transformers Dark of the Moon episode, so there you go. That one comes to mind pretty quickly. Um, Alright, other announcements, really quick. Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings helps to get those. Helps out the show, easy to do. Well, I got iTunes, give us a rating, you know, everything, you know. Everyone benefits from this, I'd say. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'll get to a few other announcements later on in the towards the end of the episode when we go over episode 75 stuff. But we do have two contests that we announced last week involving the Avengers and Paul Thomas Anderson. So just saying, those contests are still open if you haven't listened to those episodes already involving the Master and uh, Judge Dredd. Laramie, you were, at, you were at TIFF, correct? I was at TIFF, yes. You want to uh, share like what your some of your favorite movies were from a? Uh... 
My, I'd say the two favorite for me were probably Seven Psychopaths and Silver Linings Playbooks. Oh. Playbook, rather. Yeah, uh, Seven Psychopaths, I think, is getting sort of mixed reviews in that uh, the crowd I saw it with, at least the critics, didn't love it as much as I did. But I think it got the Midnight Award from TIFF, so it seems like everybody else enjoyed it. Um, it's really kind of, it reminded me of Adaptation, um, it's from Martin McDonough who directed and wrote in Bruges. And so to me, this is better than in Bruges, but if you liked in Bruges, you may not like it because it's way more of a in joke throughout the film. So it's definitely like self referential and like Christopher Walken does a Christopher Walken impression throughout. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, but there, I mean, there's a lot, if you find yourself bored by that kind of really, really meta meta comedy, then you, you may not love it. Uh, but I, I really liked it. It was probably my favorite film there. And then Silver Linings Playbook, which is the David o. Russell film with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. It was. It seems like, based on the trailer, that it'd be really cliche and terrible. But I would say the same about The Fighter. And it's got that same thing where it just pulls it off through great acting and great pacing and really, you know, innovative uh, story arcs. So I, I really liked Silver Linings, and I think it's a, a Best Picture nom for sure. Uh, Cloud Atlas and Looper, I definitely liked but i don't think that i liked them as much as everybody else which makes it almost seem like a dislike but i think they're very solid b or b plus films for me awesome yeah silver lightning's playbook i mean i like david o russell except for i do you do you like i heard huckabees i do like i heard huckabees um and that's actually not a bad parallel to seven psychopaths either in that it's like some people just hate that film but if you like the concept, then you'll like it. You know, like, you probably don't like Huckabees is what you're about to say, right? I, I like Mark Wahlberg and Huckabees. That's about it. <laughs> so I, I like parts of it. I don't I don't necessarily hate the movie, but I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I could I mean, I definitely understand why people don't like it. It's kind of a busy film in terms of concepts, and it, it doesn't really have, like, a through line or a story arc or anything. And it's <laughs> sort of an amorphous blurb at, at times. But uh, I, I like some of the concepts. I like Lily Tomlin in it. Um, I think I've liked all of David O. Russell's stuff. Like, I really like Three Kings. Yeah, I, I love Three he, Kings, yeah. I don't think he's done anything that ambitious since, really. But uh, Silver Linings is kind of an interesting look at mental illness. And, you know, Hollywood looks at mental illness a lot, but it's usually through, like, the prism of a beautiful mind or some nonsense. Um, the one, I did hear criticism, like, you know, beautiful people with problems has kind of been done a lot. And I agree. Uh, but there are there are good ways to do it still, I think. Cool. Do you have a fun time at TIFF in general? It's a lot of work. I mean, it's like seeing four movies isn't so bad. That's doable. I could do that in a day. It's the writing about four movies that gets a little tough. Um, and then trying to schedule a random interview here and there. I interviewed Sam Rockwell for the film, so that was really cool, like to mark him off the list because I've always wanted to talk to him, you know, one of the better ones. Um and then, like, seeing midnight screens and having to get up at 8, like, this, here's me complaining about my film critic life. But uh, <laughs> but, but it, it does, especially if you see something like The Master, which is really kind of ponderous, and you're like, oh, man, I'm so hungry and tired, and I need to write about this still. So I think you can definitely get fatigued at the, the film fest by going at it too hard. I think I reviewed 17 films in four days or something. Yeah, so. Jesus, yeah. That's, yeah. It's rough. Although Abe was saying that the master was a laugh riot, right? Abe, <laughs> pretty much, yeah, best comedy of the year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to uh, know everybody. Where each week we try to ask each other a few questions to kind of set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. Abe, I'm going to let you start this one off this week. 
All right, sounds good. All right, Laramie. Go. <laughs> if you could have a bright young actor play a younger you for a film, who would you want? I would definitely want... Who's the, the gal from Kick-Ass? Chloe Moretz. Uh, I'd want Chloe Moretz. Come on. <laughs> I don't even care about the gender thing. She definitely is the, the toughest ombre child I've ever seen. So I would take... Uh, I'd, just, I'd give her like a bob cut, you know what I mean? And yeah. just... And yeah. just call her Laramie and call it good. And, and you know what? People want to judge that. Go ahead. That's on them. <laughs> and that would, that would, of course, match up to your tough ombre nature in general, too. So I, mean, exactly. I, I, can, I can see that happening. <laughs> when you think Chloe Moretz, you think Laramie. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. Uh, I have a question for Jordan. He's got to say, okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Jordan, Rock me with uh, it. Uh, Looper has a, a lady by the name of Piper Paraboo in it. What's your favorite Coyote Ugly song? <laughs> I've never seen Coyote Ugly, so we, we would have we would have taken "Can't Stop the Moonlight." But... Okay, well then, "Can't Stop the Moonlight" is my favorite. Lee and Ryan song. Uh, that's where the clip of "Can't Stop the Moonlight" starts to play. Yeah, absolutely. Happy seventy fifth. Let's see then, Abe. Yes. Would you rather have? A hover bike or a futuristic golf cart full of silver. I'm not gonna lie, that golf cart doesn't go very fast, but it's full of silver and gold bricks, so it goes even slower. Yeah, yeah. So probably going like you know half a mile per per hour. I'd go with the golf the golf cart just because Bruce Willis actually travels like across the city with it just to find himself and tell himself to go. But yeah, that I take that little. I think it's a I think it's a gem, isn't it? Like a Chrysler gem. Those electronic vehicles that they had back in the thousands, the aughts. It's a golf cart. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright. Aaron. Yo. If you did a drug through the eyes, what would it be called? Would, Besides Visine. What would my drug through the eyes be called? Yeah, what would that illegal drug be called? Yeah, uh, well it <laughs> Let's see. What's a good? It's a good name for for my drug for my eye drug. Um, hmm. Cyclops would be a good name. The old Cyclops drug because you go blind in one eye. There you go. What's the? Uh, what's what's it called? Aqu- aqueous humor. The stuff in your eye. Aqueous humor. That's like the stuff in your eye, right? Like the. I don't know. Who knows this? <laughs> Optometrists and ophthalmologists would know this. Yeah, aqueous humor, transparent gelatinous fluid that's similar to plasma that's in your eye. I, I would call it aqueous whoa. That'd be the drug. That'd be the drug name. That'd be aqueous yeah. fire. That's fine too. But I, I, like I can that. see all the people on the street looking for it. It's like, are you looking for some aqueous whoa? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> incredibly, incredibly efficient drug deals going down. <laughs> all right, um, Laramie. If you were Keanu Reeves, you'd look for aqueous whoa. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be much more reserved about it. Yes, but go ahead. How do you convince yourself that you are from the future? Hmm. How would I convince myself I'm from the future? I think I'd just uh, wear Ray-Bans everywhere. I mean, and then I'd, I'd look for children to capture with my bike and protect. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's obscure, but it counts. <laughs> I have a question for Abe. Yes. Looper actually does star Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What's your favorite JGL film? Films in the outfit. Yeah, I was, 
I actually thought about that the other day because uh, Jiggles is in it, and Jiggles was uh, he was just acting with his long hair. But, For those who aren't aware, we call Jiggle we, we call Joseph Gordon Levitt JGL, which goes to Jiggles. We've been trying to spread that name around and have been unsuccessful so far. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been that successful. Yeah. Um, but I do like Five Hundred Days of Summer, uh, and I think that that's one of those films where he's not necessarily playing, I guess. The protagonist. It's kind of like this one. Uh, it's kind of a sad story. Um, the other one that comes up is Brick, and the other one that comes up is uh, is the uh, GI Joe Rise of Cobra. Hell no! But uh, those Lookout, where he's playing like the, oh, the uh, Lookout, yeah, star. yeah. So basically, I like a lot of Justin Gordon Levitt films. Uh, I don't think you could really go wrong. I don't think he's really had one where people said, "Well, that, that wasn't a good movie." Oh, Maybe okay. Escher. Hesher is kind of like uh, <laughs> Hesher's what? Have you seen Hesher? Have you guys seen Hesher? I haven't seen it, no, but I've heard about it. Where the one where he's seen Hesher. Uh, I haven't seen Hesher. No, the one where he has cancer is really good too, though. Fifty-fifty. Oh, yeah, fifty-fifty. No, no, Inception. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he goes into his dream to stop the cancer from spreading. Oh, yeah. Why did I blank on fifty-fifty? That's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about fifty-fifty. <laughs> Jiggles is just making it happen. Even Premier Rush is fun. Jordan. Yes, sir. What's the best way to take a stump out of the ground? <laughs> uh, hook it up to a tractor with a chain and pull it out. There you go. Not not really funny, but practical. Yeah, it just seems like the right thing to do. Or just hire Shane. Uh, Laramie, uh, if you had to escape your life and go into hiding, do you think it would be better to learn Mandarin or French? <laughs> uh, Jeff Daniels told me Mandarin. I go with French regardless because it's just more romantic. And you could probably pick up ladies in both France and China with French. So, Fair enough. Plus, I had a croissant this morning, so I'm halfway there. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced croissant. Croissant. Make sure to tell uh, Chloe Moretz that, too, so she gets that right. Chloe knows what's up. Okay. <laughs> She's too busy hitting people. <laughs> Okay, good. So that's how you play. Know everybody. But uh, I almost forgot about this. Out Now Quickies, TM, Abe. TM? Yeah. Out Now Quickies is a very quick segment where we talk about a few movies we might have because a lot of of movies come out every week. We don't review all of them, so we figure why not just make a a brief mention of some that may have also come out this week that we're not going to give a full review to. I have two offhand. I saw Pitch Perfect a while ago, actually, but but it comes out this week, so I figure I might as well say something. Um... True to Quickie Four. If you like Bring It On, then you'll probably like Pitch Perfect. Take that as you will. Um, Hotel Transylvania also saw that. That's a that it 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 starts off kind of well and then the it ends terribly. That's the Quickie. There you go. That's that's my that's my comment. Hey, have you seen anything else recently? I didn't. I've actually just been watching television, catching up. So I just caught up with Homeland. Um, oh, nice. Very good show. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> But I haven't seen anything in the theaters besides a uh, looper. Laramie, you got any quick ones? I'll give you one that's actually coming out next weekend in 75 films. Butter. I saw Butter at last tiff. I really, oh. I love Butter. I don't think people are loving Butter, but I'm enjoying Butter. Who's it's fantastic that? political satire with Jennifer Garner, Olivia Wilde, your boy Hugh Jackman, Ashley Green, Alicia Silverstone, Rob Corddry. I mean, it was a cast of thousands. Uh, I quite enjoyed Butter. I think it's really, really funny. I think if you get hung up on being left or right, you're probably going to hate it. But if you just enjoy making fun of everyone, then you may enjoy Butter. 
Cool. Jordan, you got any quick ones? Have you seen anything else? Not a movie, but uh, Fringe Season 5 just started up. It's the final season. Uh, it's not really a reboot, but they're in the future now, so it's it's a good place to jump on if you've never seen the show before, and uh, it's pretty cool so far. Cool. All How right. do they know they're in the future? How do they know they're in the future? They all ride yeah. around on bikes trying to find kids. Because they were frozen in amber like uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> in there. Uh, DNA. Mosquitoes and... Uh, and thaw it out later. I feel like you're not even lying about that. (laughs) No, no, it's true. They they froze themselves in amber, and then they were rescued later. That sounds like my Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Not amber light. It was uh, amber. All right. Out now quickies took a strange twist, but that's how it goes. Uh, Let's let's move on to movie trailer talk. We were discussing some of the newest movie trailers. Uh, we're going to talk about just one this week, but it's something that's kind of interesting to me and all of us, I think. It is the Let Me Zerob's kind of featurette that has been playing in theaters around the nation. And uh, this is this is kind of a unique kind of approach to a movie I, that I quite enjoyed seeing. I think it... Um, I know, like, some theaters, like, I know because I go to, like, Regal theaters a lot, and they have, like, the kind of the whole entertainment section thing that before the movie starts with, you know, play previews of movies. and Regal like first look. Exactly. The Regal first look. Exactly. But this one starts like, this Les Mis Rob's feature, I think it starts like, like as the previews are starting. So it plays like a trailer, except it's still like a behind the scenes thing. And what's cool about it is that it's, it's going into the fact that the actors are singing live in the movie. And I think that's a really cool way to sell the movie, given that that's, and it's not like it's gimmick, but it's like, you know, it's something about the movie that I think that people would benefit from knowing in advance. So it's cool that they're advertising this fact. But what do you guys think? What, Laramie, what do you think of the this whole Les Miserables featurette dealie? Well, I, in general, hate featurettes. And I also hate Regal first look because at the end of it, they're like, we just let you watch blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, you forced it upon me. <laughs> I was sitting here. I w- totally was leaving you alone. Why did you have to do this to me? Because it's always like, you know, Teletubbies or something. Anyway. That aside, I quite enjoyed this featurette, <laughs> and I do think, for me right now, this is the best picture frontrunner. I think it's an open field, but this looks like it speaks to our current economy and, uh, you know, people singing and poor kind of thing. So it looks really, really good. I, I really like the singing thing. Um, I liked how Hathaway looked in it. I like, you know, Hugh Jackman clearly is a singing and dancing fool, so he can get it done. Yeah, yeah. I, I do yeah. think it's strange. We will live in a world where Thomas Hooper has two best pictures under his belt, but it just looks like it's going to be executed really well, and uh, it looks like something I really want to see, and it, and it looks like it'll be, you know, emotionally arresting. So I was a fan of this featurette, weirdly. Way to put in a poll quote in that one. Like you like that? You <laughs> yeah, like that? that <laughs> Jordan, what do, you, what do you think of the featurette? I thought it looked good. I mean, I've never actually seen all of Les Miserables in, like, a single shot, and it's been a long time since I've seen it in pieces, but uh, the the singing sounded great. I like the concept of doing it live. I, I do like musicals, but there is that problem in filmed ones where, I mean, like they say in the featurette, it just feels weird. It feels off. You can tell they're not really singing there, and uh, judging by what we saw in the featurette, they all sound fantastic, so I'm definitely looking forward to this. Yeah, I was actually really um, surprised by it as well. I I thought that they were just going to do it like the most films where they recorded pre-studio or in-studio and then they just, you know, play back. But this is actually a pretty neat thing that they're doing for the film. I think that does provide a, uh, a different, I guess, emotional facial expression when the actors are acting. And also I was actually surprised by Amanda Seyfried and her singing voice. Uh, that threw me off a lot. She, she like, did uh, star in Mamma Mia. And in Riding Red, Red, Red Robin. Well, I mentioned Mamma Mia because it's a musical. 
Yeah, but uh, I had never seen that before. <laughs> I enjoyed her work in Chloe. No Let's one. not forget Mean Girls. I'm sure. No one, no one saw Chloe. <laughs> I, well, I know Chloe. I just I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one thing about this, they claim that it's never been done before, this thing. And it was done in the 30s and 40s, this technique. But whatever. We're going to let them go on that. I want to see Russell Crowe sing. Have we seen Russell Crowe sing? Am I, like, not thinking of something? Well, he's in his band. <laughs> the Cronuts? I don't know what their band's called. I just made up a name for it. <laughs> that's really good, though. The Cronuts? The Throne Phones. Throne yeah, phones. that's what I was thinking. That's the hit single. Quite looking forward to Les Miserables as well. I, this is maybe the most excited I've been for a musical since, like, Sweeney Todd, maybe. So I'm quite excited for this movie. But, um... Yeah, uh, Les Miserables comes out, I believe, Christmas Day, right? They moved it, didn't they? Yeah, so. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Not in 3D, just saying, just saying. Figure, figure it's nice to note that. Um, all right, let's, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's the only trailer we're going to talk about, so let's move on to our film review for Looper. In the future, time travel is outlawed, used only in secret by the largest criminal organizations. When they need someone gone, and they want to erase any trace of the target ever existing, they use specialized assassins, like me, called loopers. You're a looper. You know what we do? And the only rule is, never let your target escape, even if your target is you. Not a good thing. My boss will be searching for me until he finds me. Sweep the streets. Get on it. I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna kill it. Hunt them down. But every second that passes is bad. What's he gonna do? I'm gonna save your life. My life. Your life. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Looper. This is the new film from director, writer-director Ryan Johnson, which um, is set somewhat in the future. Set in the future. Yeah, the future's not looking too good. Um, well, I guess for some people, anyway. But the film, the main premise revolves around a team of assassins who basically take out targets that are sent to them from the future. Their time travel exists 30 years later from where the present is set but is illegal so mob groups send send people send their t- people that need to be assassinated back in time where they have a group of assassins known as loopers eliminate them thus eliminating the body from time essentially um very easy to you know get rid of not have to worry about tracking regardless joseph gordon levitt is one of these loopers and he faces a challenge when he realizes that he has himself to take out. Bruce Willis arrives back. He's the older version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, and he manages to escape. And the things... Tr- troublemaking ensues from there. I'll put it that way. Um, with that said, I'll start with uh, Jordan. Jordan, what did you think of Looper? I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, I was expecting to like it, uh, but it just kind of went on a whim with a buddy last night, and uh, it had a lot of twists I was not expecting. It handled time travel really well. It was very well acted, especially by uh, a certain child actor who I'm sure we'll talk about later. And uh, I just had a lot of fun with it. A lot of fu- they, they did a lot of cool things with the concept of time travel that I haven't actually seen done in a movie before. And a lot of things I have, but they did them all very well. So I was very impressed. Laramie, 
I definitely liked Looper. Uh, I thought it's one of the more clever sci-fis we've seen in the last couple years. Um, I really think Ryan Johnson has showed a lot of range with this as well, especially considering Brick and Brothers Bloom are two very disparate projects from this. Uh, I did like the acting throughout as well. I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a really solid Bruce Willis impression, actually, and I thought that would throw me, but it didn't. I, I liked him throughout in that. Um, I don't know that everything was totally logical, but I chose not to think about it in the way that Bruce Willis held it, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the film, not to think about it. Um, I love Jeff Daniels in this. He was really, really fun in his, his short screen time. Uh, Emily Blunt, excellent as always. Yeah, it's definitely a movie you recommend. I've heard through the grapevine that some folks are having problem with the ending, uh, but we won't spoil anything. But just to say that I, I thought it was well executed throughout. Abe? I, I very much enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fantastic just in terms of the acting as well. Uh, the prosthetic makeup that they made Joseph Gordon-Levitt put on, it really made him look like Bruce Willis. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed his Bruce Willis impersonation. The whole entire storyline was good, including all the added elements later in the film. Um, and I, I thought that, that was really well done. I, I think that the storylines between Bruce Willis old and Bruce Willis young made it incredibly more fascinating. Overall, it's a very strong recommendation. Yeah, I uh, I, I really loved Looper a lot. I was completely caught up with the with all the whole of all of what the film was was laying out for me. The uh, the story, the premise was just really strong. I really really liked uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt in this movie, and as you said, doing a Bruce Willis impression, like he he worked so well as playing Bruce Willis, just in kind of. Not just like the prosthetics and makeup they added, which is like somewhat distracting at first, but like just his mannerisms and how he's talking and just how he's presenting himself. It just it feels like he's playing old Bruce Willis. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, the just where it went, how it kind of it's certainly a time travel movie, but it almost kind of sidesteps time travel in favor of a different story that's kind of going on in the the later half of the movie. And I I really enjoyed how it kind of played some kind of turns and involving the plot itself um and yeah, the, it's uh it's really slick just the movie's look in general i really love the the look of of this film and just how it how it was made and i i'm just i'm, I'm really happy that ryan johnson keeps delivering in these different genres of movies like he made his noir and he made his con man movie and now he's got this really slick sci-fi time travel movie i'm just just really really enjoy looper quite a bit well, I definitely like how they incorporate into the uh, the later half of the movie um, more of the sci-fi element. It becomes less about time travel um, and becomes more about trying to solve this issue that, that the, the Bruce Willis character has. Uh, so I guess his name is Joe. Um, and I really didn't see that coming at all. And then there are some there are some actions taken by characters in here which are questionable, to say the least. Um, and the director actually goes through with it, obviously not on screen, but it's one of those things where you never really think about for a film. Um, and yeah, I guess he goes there. So kudos to uh, Ryan Johnson for that. I think the thing to say is the movie's dark. It's like, it, it seemed like it's certainly, especially when it, when it opens up, I guess it's more, it's more fun to watch. And even like kind of the premise and watching like trailers, it's like, it looks like a fun movie to enjoy, but the movie, like it's R rated for sure. And it really takes in that quality and it goes to dark places that I, ne- I wasn't necessarily expecting it to go, which I found pretty interesting. It's yeah. It seems like people are kind of digging the darkness, 
The only ding I would say is that the premise he sets up in the beginning of the film with the uh, Joe driving the Miata around and you get kind of a dystopian destroyed city verse that isn't really ever explored ever again. Um, but overall, I thought the look and feel of the film were excellent. I would ding the CGI a little bit, but he made the film for like, I think, 30 million. So it is impressive, you know, in terms of a technical feat in that context. I, I can see the CGI thing, especially when, um, when, uh, who's that one kid? Kid Blue, he's like riding on his little hover bike, um, around. But I, I thought that there was a, the part with, uh, old Paul Dano. I thought that was really well executed. So kudos to them. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, there's a, that's where they start having fun with time travel when it becomes really like, like, wow, that's, yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it, I was actually taken aback by, that impressive feat, I guess, of, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and incredibly messed up. It was it was a nice, I mean, we had a lot of action and a lot of humor before that, but that was a really dark turn for the movie that kind of, I don't want to say set up the, the second half of the movie, but it, it definitely laid some ground for how dark some of the choices the characters were going to be making. I, I, I really like Willis in this role, in this, in this movie. Like, um, He's definitely like, even though he's he's billed first technically, he's 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 a supporting character for sure. But he 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 does a lot with um kind of he has scenes where he's like he's playing Bruce Willis and he's like action guy to an extent. But he he underplays a lot too, and there's a lot there's a lot he does a lot with like um just kind of, well under by underplaying something, which I think is something that he doesn't get enough credit for doing. Like I think he does that really well in like Moonrise Kingdom as well, and. I, I think between that and this, excluding Expendables 2, Willis is doing some pretty good work this year. I, I hope that gets recognized in some matter. You mean Expendables 2 wasn't good? <laughs> what are you talking about? He was good in that movie. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, I do agree that, that he uh, he plays a quieter Bruce Willis in this role. It's not so flashy, I guess. And it, 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 it kind of touches upon some emotional things, too, with his... Uh, his future character and and this future storyline. Um, although I will say that there was a scene which I didn't understand, which I think we can get to. There's there's a scene where Bruce Willis comes back uh, and then he knocks out Jiggles, and then Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe, young Joe. I guess we'll call him old Joe and young Joe. You can call him OJ and, and mighty Joe. But uh, later, I think. In a sequence after that, you see Jefferson Gordon-Levitt actually following through with the deed, and then he comes to a realization. And then it spins back into another, I guess, another story, or another possible outcome. And uh, I was confused by that. So there was actually the, the part where he actually goes through with it, I was confused with. Uh, <laughs> I was confused for a couple minutes, but then I thought it made pretty good sense by the by a few minutes after that anyway. We don't need to leave. I, I figured it out. Um, well, I guess, okay, speaking of time travel, uh, <laughs> I, I like time travel movies. I like the, I like having fun thinking about the logic and I like the, <laughs> having discussions about time travel can be fun just because it's, it can be weirdly confusing, but also kind of like, Hey, you get that. Okay. That's a neat way to think about it. Did you guys like the, the use of time travel in this movie overall? I think it's not, it doesn't seem like it actually is a time travel film. It seems like a straight up linear mystery a little bit, I guess. Um, Like the time travel is just 
an element used to tell the story and not the actual story itself. I'm like uh, yeah. back, back, back to the future or something. Uh, so I thought, I thought he handled it as well as it can be handled in the sense that it's always confusing and you always end up thinking about it too much and it never makes any sense. So yeah, I thought in terms of like story, you know, outlining the story, he definitely executed the film he wanted to make. And this feels to me a lot like his serenity in that it's the film that everyone's going to kind of who loves movies is going to like. And then next film will be the one that the general public actually clings on to. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we're kind of in on the ground floor of the whole Ryan Johnson movement. I didn't use the time travel. I thought I thought it was, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but he brought in Shane Carruth to give him some guidance in crafting the time travel issues. And yes, while some of them uh, you have to raise an eyebrow at and, and kind of think about it, I, I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, the one problem I could point to is I don't think if Bruce Willis, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it here, but I don't think Bruce Willis's plan, if it succeeded, would actually work. That's not really a problem in the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Like if, if his plan right. succeeds, I don't think it does what he thinks it's going to do. But I'm totally fine with a character in the movie having a misconception about the, uh, time travel if, as long as the movie uh, follows through on how it should work. I agree with that. And the, and the best way I can sum it up – the best way I can kind of surmise it is the, the time travel that this movie feels closest to is Terminator logic. I think that's – Kind of the the best, the most relatable form of time travel to that can apply to this. Sending a machine back through time to protect John Connor. No, but just in terms of the logic applied to how yeah. how events will transpire, I think is similar to how things tra- how events will play out in using Terminator's thoughts. Like in Terminator, the the, the idea is that like at least the first Terminator, you're sending Michael Bean back in time to protect Sarah Connor, and that leads to them creating John Connor because they have sex <laughs> and that happens. Thank you. <laughs> they, well, I was like, how, how do I phrase this not awkwardly? Uh, but I mean, how does John, like if there's a loop there, I mean, there's like, how does John Connor get created to be, it's always, it's like, there's a, I don't know. It's, I don't want to get cross-eyed trying to explain that, but I think, I think Looper has, some, has a kind of similar element to where there's the, the lot, the logic seems similar to me, but with that said, there's a, there's an inevitability thing that I think leads to why, why I, where I'm agreeing with Jordan, where the things that Bruce Willis does won't necessarily stop things from happening in the same way that if I were to apply Terminator logic, there is always an inevitability to Judgment Day. Like, right, right. <laughs> Although I would say I, 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 did, yeah. I did appreciate that they even mentioned in the film – that this is not a straight linear uh, time travel film and that there's one timeline. They make it very clear that there are multiple possible realities and that that kind of can smooth over depending on what you know breed of time travel you're talking about. It can smooth over a lot of the problems that might exist with paradox, you know, grandfather paradoxes, that kind of thing, in that even if something would theoretically erase what you're doing in the current timeline, it's only creating a second timeline or a third timeline or the 75th timeline in which that does work, leaving the original one there, even though we're following the 75th or the 12th or whatever. I mean, I know that's confusing, but <laughs> it makes sense in my head. Yeah, and I think that they touched upon that in the film as well when they're having a discussion in the diner. And I thought that was actually pretty neat in terms of the formation of memories or the remembering of memories. Um, and I, in terms of the the time travel stuff. I, I don't think it was used as heavily um, 
And so I was fine with the amount that it was used, and I was fine with the logic that they were using, uh, despite some mismatch here and there. But for the most part, it's, it's handled, I think, well enough that you can go with it if you just don't think about it uh, incredibly extensively. I, I think the diner scene was probably my favorite scene in the film when, you know, he's like, we're just going to end up diagramming this out with straws or something. Like, yeah. And that's... So do you know what's going to happen? You've done all this already? That's me? I don't want to talk about time travel. Because if we start talking about it, then we're going to be here all day talking about it, making diagrams with straws. We both know how this has to go down. I can't let you walk away from this diner alive. It's just like, it's kind of the director saying to you, like, okay, you're going to have to let this part go because... It's just going to make your head hurt. And I don't know if I'm not smart enough or like, I don't know what it is, but I've never been able to figure out the time travel stuff to the point where I just have to go, okay, I buy into whatever the director is trying to tell me. And like the illogic stuff, we're just going to have to like chalk up because it never quite works in my opinion. Like once I start thinking about it, I can find inconsistencies and flaws, but I, I think the flaw is the idea that exists in general. So once you, decide, oh, I'm not going to buy into that, then you've kind of lost the plot of the movie and you're, you're probably doomed. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you have what Bruce Willis is saying where he has to draw all these... Like, you need you need a Back to the Future 2 chalkboard scene in order to completely get everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, do you want to watch Future that? your Biff timeline. Do, do you, do you want to watch like, the six-hour version of this movie where everything's like carefully charted out so everyone exactly understands what's going on? Or do you want to just like accept the movie and go with it? And that's, yeah, I think Looper pulls that off successfully where you're just like, yeah, let's just not worry about this. And, or worry about, you know, someone spoon-feeding me exactly what's going on, so I, like, have to not think about things and just kind of let it go. And, yeah, I mean, especially given that the film moves to a different area in its, you know, later half, like, right. that just doesn't even, I mean, it, invo- it, it, it involves right. time travel, but it doesn't revolve around that. And, yeah, as Larry was saying before, it's not a time travel movie, necessarily. It's a movie that just has time travel in it as a device, per se. Um it, it's also a very smooth film. You know, there's not many moments to check out in this film. It like it's so fluid and each scene builds upon the next and it it's entertaining throughout even though there's a lot of different tones throughout the movie. Like I would say this back half of the movie is disparate from the first half of the movie in terms of they could have been different movies, you know. But it does work under Johnson's direction and it doesn't feel like it is it a two-hour movie yeah it doesn't feel like a two-hour movie it feels like a 90-minute movie so yeah it's slick it's just it yeah I really really love the way it kind of plays out it's very I mean it's character driven too like that's another yes it is and that works like you're like following these the journeys of these people especially I mean Joseph it's Joseph Gordon Love it's movie like it's his movie for sure but you have all these other supporting characters that don't feel extraneous at all like even uh, Piper Parabo is a small role in here, and even she factors in eventually. Like it's just neat how the economy of characters plays out effectively. You, you get all these people in this movie, and they all serve a particular purpose. Right. Not There's not much of future jokes. I really enjoyed the future jokes. Um, you know, I'm, trust, trust me. Trust me. You want to learn Mandarin? Yeah, exactly. And then, did you keep up with your French? <laughs> and he he tells him exactly what he's going to do, or or I guess what he knows, and it's just a funny thing because. Young Joe, young Joe can't figure it out because he hasn't improved his French yet. Hey, hey less letters. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what did you guys think of the uh, kind of the, the future setting? How it was portrayed? In the... It was bleak. If if that's where we're going, we should probably all form some sort of suicide pact because <laughs> it doesn't seem like a real happy Disney future for us. 
Certainly not in Kansas, that's for sure. Maybe everywhere else is like awesome. Just to be clear, are we talking 2044 or are we talking 2074? Either one. I mean, just the just the general look of it. I mean, it's a, not a you know, it's not a huge budget movie or anything. So it's like I, for what they were able to accomplish in making this look like a future society, I just I, I was impressed with it. I liked how it was. It's shown, but not kind of overemphasized in the same way that like Children Children of Men doesn't like overemphasize what's right. going on in the future. Right. It's just kind of in the background. You're like, oh, okay. Aside, aside from some... likes. We got to see some differences in the the areas too. Like, even though the Kansas City area is pretty bleak and terrible, Shanghai looked pretty nice. And we didn't see a huge amount of Shanghai, but it didn't seem the same thing as Kansas City, where you have a few people um, living really well, and then everybody else is in squalor. Shanghai just looked kind of like Tokyo. I appreciated the simple of the, the simpleness of the future as well, and I think that's just because. When it gets uh, incredibly, I guess, uh, complex, and they're they're thinking about all these neon signs and whatever else, it doesn't give you a feel. I guess that would really match with the with the tone of this movie as well. And um, but given that it's like thirty years in the future at minimum, uh, it seems pretty pretty plausible. Everything is running on solar panels apparently, and uh, Kansas has been overrun with. You know, do-it-yourself vigilante, yeah, vigilante-style militias, or maybe even just, like, sector, or certain sectors. How do police yeah. function in this movie? That was the other question I had, because I see, like, police cars rolling up, but are they are they the Gat Men also? Like, the... That's what I was wondering, yeah, because they seem to be converging together, and so I wasn't sure well, if they Well, they did say that Abe pretty much ran the town. Okay, so that makes sense, too, okay. I'm okay. going to assume he controlled the police. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think of the Gats? They were enormous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They were pythons. But I wasn't sure if that was a joke or if that was just, you know, a play on something else. The, the use of gats, let alone blunderbusses, which are just like shotguns they just put anything in, essentially. And just, just spray, destroy things. It did seem like it seemed like there was some narrative missing there around exposition on the Gatman and Kid Blue. Why, why guns are cha- have changed and why that person wanted to impress Jeff Daniels so much. Like, it seemed like there was probably two or three missing scenes they had to cut for time. I agree with that, especially with uh, Kid Kid Blue, with uh, Noah Segan, the actor, his his character and his relationship with kind of Jeff Daniels. It seems like there's something more there that we're not, that's maybe being hinted at, but it feels almost too subtle for me to really kind of grasp around what that's supposed to be. A lot of people theorized it's his son, but there's nothing in the movie to explicitly say that for sure. Which just makes him like a, unless he's also from the future, just makes him like a really old father. Or if, uh, no, my my theory or was he came was, back a while ago and had the kid. No, my theory was it was him. See, that's like that's, people, yeah, that's the other thing as well. That's, yeah, that's the that's the theory uh, that I. The best argument I've seen against that is that it's made a point of several times that Kid Blue has a limp because he shot himself in the foot, and Jeff Daniels has no limp. You got to fix in the future. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. But yeah, about, about Kid Blue though, that guy is—he's uh, an f up for sure. Uh, but I guess he's trying to get back on track, and he he's, does so. he's a good idea, man. Like he got—he he got the idea was there. He he got to where he needed to be. He just—he he couldn't really pull out the execution. It seems right. Yeah, the execution of it was just not very good. So you know, half baked ideas, I guess. I, uh, I really there's a there's like a montage scene in this movie that kind of covers a span of thirty years, and that was like that goes to like the smoothness of this film. Like I think it's it was really like well done and just does a does a really solid job of kind of depicting a journey of a character that um, 
just looks great. Like just the way it's filmed, the way it's kind of moves around the, the, the use of kind of title cards to just say year, year, year. It's, it's one of those scenes in this movie where it's like, yeah, this is just, this just adds to why I'm like really enjoying this movie overall. That said that, that montage scene did have my one big eye roll mo- moment of the movie in that, uh, you know, Jiggles and Biggles look very similar. <laughs> they do a very good job with the with the prosthetics to make them look similar. And even you know, in the diner scene, whatever, when they're face to face, I buy it totally. And, you know, uh, Joseph Gordon Love is doing a very good impression of Bruce Willis, and, and like you said, with Bruce Willis underplaying things, they hit the same tones and it works very well. That said, in the montage sequence where you're going through the years and seeing one transform into the other. Um, I have a feeling they probably aged up the makeup on Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but the last scene you see him in, in the montage, he's backlit, and he's got this long hair, which looks okay on him, but you can't really see his face. So in the next scene, when you flash forward to, I think it's only like even a three-year jump, to Bruce Willis in with the same hair, it looks ridiculous. It You, you don't buy that transformation, and I feel like if they'd left out that single um, jump from like, 20 years to 23 years and have gone straight to the next one. So it had been a longer period of time that would have worked because everyone in the theater, I got the impression kind of went, nah, that doesn't really work when they show that transformation, like just jump a little bit further and and lose the long hair on Bruce Willis. And I think it would have played much better. Right. Yeah. That long balding hair on Bruce Willis. I, uh, I I saw that scene too. And I was thinking, "Eh, well, you know, I guess they did show him going bald. I, I mean, I was I was with it enough just because I was with the idea of what they were trying to do there. So I, I it didn't bother me necessarily, but yeah, I, I see what, I can see what you're saying for sure. Also, what is with the future <laughs> the the future uh, Gatman looking like Hasidic Jews mixed with pilgrims? <laughs> <laughs> Although someone did point out on Reddit that uh, on Sid's wall there is a poster, like a, a wanted poster from the old west, that has somebody in like that same exact costume. So. Maybe that's where the idea came from. You might want to cut that for spoilers. I don't know. I don't know. What'd you guys think of uh, Emily Blunt? Get off my farm. You couldn't scare a retarded hobo with that thing, literally. This is a Remington 871. Yeah, that's telling. You're holding a gun. I say I'm not afraid, so you describe the gun to me. It's not the gun I'm not afraid of. What are you going to do? Shoot in the air? Try to scare me? Go ahead. You wouldn't let me die. You're not going to kill me. Well, so now I saved your life. That makes me weak. Look, I'm not a threat to you. Oh, your boy. I need to be on your property. I'd rather there's no contact at all. I'm going to stay in the fields. There's just one thing I need you to do, and you'll never have to deal with me again. Just verify for me this is your house on the map, so I know I'm in the right place. What's this? The map. Yeah, that's my house. Why is it marked? Okay, it doesn't matter. Look, I'm going to be out of the barn in an hour. This water. number, how'd you get this? Does that mean something to you? What? Hey. 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 I really, uh, I like me some Emily Blunt. Yeah, I thought she was quite strong in the movie for what she's given to do. It's playing against type, really. I mean, she's not playing, like, the romantic lead of a movie. <laughs> she's, uh, she's playing this, you know, strong, independent character who wants to do the best for her son. And with an accent, no less. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I enjoyed her performance quite a bit. If I was her agent, I would call her the blunt instrument you need. Uh... That's what it says on her on her, on her, on her um, MDB page. Exactly. She's the blunt instrument you need, just not the one you deserve right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was a it was a pretty good performance, especially uh, the the tough side of her, and then the not so tough side of her. That that whole entire dark cornfield part was a 
I was kind of thrown off because the guy just runs away after after the moment. It's a big it's a big cane field. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the guy with the sign, and I was just thinking, why why would they even have him trying to cause this uh, tension in the film? But I guess it works just to meet up the two and their little frog lights. There is uh there is some action in this movie. Um, it's not I wouldn't say it's like an action film necessarily, but it does have like some action sequences and one goes incredibly kind of almost over the top but that's not the one i want to talk about i like the um kind of the middle the the kind of earlier stuff where you have um it's where it has some fun of time travel where you see things play out one way and then you see a different perspective on it and that's the kind of stuff i really like in time travel movies so for movies i involve time travel and i'm sure it'll have a great second viewing too because there was a few things i caught the first time around where it's like you hear a noise from off screen mm-hmm. and later on you see where that noise came from but i'm sure there's more that i missed yeah i i've seen it a second time at this point and i can say that there are things that i'm like oh okay like it had it had some of those kind of reactions where i'm like oh this makes okay any other thoughts on the looper before we kind of wrap up with the um, we haven't really talked about Sid, but uh, that kid who was also apparently in The Crazies, although I don't remember him in it, uh, fantastic actor. Like, I dug every scene he was in, and just most adorable kid ever. Most adorable? I was scared of him. <laughs> not, <laughs> well, not he's the adorable, scared. But yeah, no, the kid, because I was like, this kid seems very precocious for being a six-year-old, using words, doing math, and I was like, What? She's a good mother. Blunt, blunt, yeah, blunt instruments teaching her well. Yeah, absolutely, I guess. Oh, lastly, what did you guys think of the TK stuff? It was subtle. I mean, it was cool. It's... Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I like their explanation of it, too. It's like, we thought we were going to get a bunch of superhuman guys, and then we just got a bunch of guys who could just do coin tricks. Um, and I thought the actual coin tricks themselves look a bit, looked a bit goofy uh, CG-wise. I didn't feel the coins matched the scenes, if you will. Uh, they they didn't feel like they were moving in time with the people's hands. That said, the stuff in the later in the film I thought looked really cool. Yeah, I definitely agree with the, the stuff later in the film. Although I I think the, the only time that I've seen the coin stuff was Paul Dano does it once, and then uh, maybe like one other guy does it later. But well, and there's the lighter too. Although I thought the lighter yeah, worked better. The lighter was cool though. Yeah. I, I will say this because I am not a big fan of Paul Dano. In spite of him, I was still able to enjoy this immensely, so I think that says something about the movie. I was going to say that Paul Dano's playing Paul Dano, because he always seems to be playing like a, a groveling, crying character. Uh, maybe not in uh, <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine, and probably not in... Uh, he kind of freaks out a little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, was, I don't know. I'm, I'm still half and half on Paul Dano as an actor. I like him in Ruby Sparks. See, that's why I didn't like Ruby Sparks, because of Paul Dano. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a different discussion altogether, then. I've only seen him in this, Little Miss Sunshine, and There Will Be Blood, but I dug him in all three. Maybe it's just that whiny voice. I it's, don't know. It's my own, th- it's my own thing. Oh, okay. Laramie, are you a Paul Dano fan? I mean, I guess I would say, yeah. He was in that one with Kevin Klein, which wasn't very good. Okay, yeah, that... Uh, and I, in general, he does seem like he's more affected then he is getting into whatever part it is. Like, you're always like, oh, that's Baldano, as opposed to him, you know, getting immersed in a role. So I don't I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess it could be either, depending on what you cast him in. Yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on him. Is it same with, like, Emil Hirsch. Where I, feel like, I, I, feel like, I feel like they just kind of go for it, opposed to, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the weird reactions of the characters they play. 
I'm more on board with Emil Hirsch, though. I, mean, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. But uh, they, they kind of lump into a similar category to me. All right, well, Paul Dano bashing aside, let's uh, move into the, the rating of the film, I guess. Then, because I think we're all pretty positive on Looper, but um. Oh, yeah, each week on Out Now and Air and Abe, we try to rate the films based on when you should go and see them. So we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. Start how we started. Jordan, where would you put Looper on that scale? I would put it firmly in the see it in theaters category. Uh, definitely worth seeing there. Uh, fun. I think it would be fine if you saw it, you know, just on a big screen TV or something. But it was a good movie to see in the theater with a crowd. There we yeah, I would echo Jordan. I think it's a film to see in theaters. I don't know that IMAX make a difference because I don't think it's a, a huge movie in terms of visual scope. But, uh, yeah, see it in theaters for sure. Yep, theater. Yeah, I uh, I loved it. I, I, would, I would put it in that IMAX rating. It's not – it works for me. If, if it was – it is widescreen. But if it, if, it was a, if it was put in there, I'd be like, oh, let's see. I'll see that there. Why not? Um, all right, that's uh, wow. We uh, that's we all like Looper quite a bit. Um, yeah. Let's uh, move on to movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we mention a few movies that may have related to the main feature of the week in some way that we could have thought of during or after the movie. Uh, Jordan, any movies come to mind when you're watching Looper? Well, I touched on it earlier when I mentioned Shane Carruth, but uh, definitely Primer. Um, <laughs> this is much more accessible than Primer, absolutely. But if you just want to see a, a science fiction time travel movie that is um, – I, I don't know if completely logical is the right word, but that really has thought through the way its time travel universe works, Primer is the movie you're going to want to check out. And you're probably going to want to bring a, a pen and a pad of paper too just to keep track of the 47 timelines going on. Wikipedia has a handy little chart as well. Yeah. Or PCP I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Laramie, any movies come to mind? Uh, maybe they're obvious, but 12 Monkeys and Adjustment Bureau both kind of stick out. 12 Monkeys for the craziness and Adjustment Bureau for the parallel lives kind of uh, judgment that goes on. Okay. Uh, Minority Report uh, for the whole entire part in Minority Report where she says you can choose um, The Omen, Child's Play, uh, Inception. Child's Play. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm kind of creeped out by this kid. Suspenders. <laughs> You're the suspenders. Yeah, he had, like, the overalls. <laughs> uh, yeah, overalls. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, 12 Monkeys came to mind for me. Terminator, because just the logic seems so similar. Um, Primer. And um, uh, Time Crimes is a movie that I really enjoy about time travel that I just wanted to mention, because it's worth shouting out. And it's on Netflix Watch Instantly. Um, hmm. Spanish time travel movie. Really wild, really just a lot of fun. It's a really fun movie to watch. And has some. Good, it's a, it's a really neat movie to check out. Time Crimes. Just saying. Have any of you guys, have any of you, have any of you guys seen Time Crimes? Haven't. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I'll a, throw in uh, Ray Bradbury as a Sound of Thunder though. Not the movie because it's terrible, oh, but the God. short story. Yeah. It'll take about fifteen minutes to read, and it's awesome. Why is that movie like over two hours? I don't. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Why is everything that doesn't need to be filmed in front of a green screen filled in front of a green screen? The world may never know. <laughs> but it's some of the worst green screen or walking in front of a green screen effects I've ever seen in a movie. Uh-huh. Ever. Uh, sound of fun. That movie's terrible. Oh, that stirs up bad memories in my mind. 
excellent short story. Though. But yeah, <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Let's uh, let, let's uh, let's move on to the box office. Each week, we try to go over the box office totals and find out if our previous week's predictions were anywhere near what things have what things turned out to be. Abe, what did you what do you think you said last week? Oh man, I, I give it the uh, I gave it the high uh, the high card, and I give it twenty seven million first place. Okay, which I think I'm gonna. Yeah, you might be a little wrong on that. Jose said first place of twenty million. Christian Spicer said second place of thirteen. I said second place of eighteen million. The result. Hey, actually, Laramie, do you have the results on hand? Do you know? Uh, I have them. Looper was second with twenty one million two hundred thousand. Yeah, and Hotel Transylvania made forty three, which so. is 43. that's quite high, right? I did not. I, yeah. I figured it'd be first place, <laughs> but that's coming at all. It's <laughs> a huge number. Wow, forty three, man. I guess I should well, never. It does again. have Dracula and the Wolfman. <laughs> yeah, and CeeLo Green is like the Sandman. You don't need to say what he plays. Well, the Mummy. You don't need to say what he plays, though. I mean, he's, he's just CeeLo Green. I mean, <laughs> I did not know that, but looking at the little tiny thumbnail image of Frankenstein, Dracula, and a Mummy on Box Office Mojo, I can totally see that that's CeeLo Green. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a thumbnail, literally the size of my thumbnail. But yeah, Looper. Second place, 21. Still a solid for an R-rated time travel sci-fi movie. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean that's it's pretty good. We'll see how it, hope word of mouth is good enough and see what it does in the meantime. But, I think it will be. Everyone yeah. I've talked to seemed to like it. So, but, yeah. Critics have loved it, too. So hopefully yeah, high regard, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Hotel Transylvania dominated with 43, then Looper. End of Watch, which I also quite liked as well. Um third place then Clint Eastwood's that movie is still around um yeah Pitch Perfect also uh, which I mentioned earlier that came in sixth place and it's like that should have been the name of the baseball movie right Clint Eastwood's Pitch Perfect <laughs> Trouble with the Curve is about Anna Kendrick trying to lose weight <laughs> she's so skinny as it is um the Master, also making money, too, in ninth place. Uh, just saying. Dread, unfortunately, bombs out of the box office, which is... Uh, oh, that's unfortunate, yeah. because it's a fun feature. For sure. Larry, did you see Dread? You saw Dread, didn't you? Yeah, I really like Dread. Yeah. Definitely worth seeing. Yeah. Solid movie. It's saddened that it didn't do better, but because it's... it's for, what, for exactly what it is, it's a solid movie. But, uh, all right. Abe, you think it's... Uh, you think we have time? Are you are you thinking that it's the same time that I'm thinking? I, I think, think it's uh, game time. It's game time. That's Did the we just uh, travel back in time. Uh, yeah, that was Loopy this week. That's the, the Looper Redux. It's on the. Uh, it's a Nathan Johnson. Try Nathan Johnson uh, did the score for Looper, and of course he composed that xylophone theme that I just played. And that's 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 what happened. I have exclusive. Yeah, I have a new game. It is a time travel movie trivia game. Oh. I am going to... Where is it? Where did I put it? There we go. I have a quiz that has some easy questions and some maybe harder questions. And I'm just going to go through these and whoever whoever speaks up, just speak up. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. It's going to... I'm curious how, how frustratingly easy or frustratingly hard these questions will get because they kind of get harder as they go, I think. But I'm just going to read them out and we'll... There are multiple choice as well, but I think you could kind of possibly get it. But oh, here we go. Was, all right. Will a passing knowledge of quantum physics help us at all in this game? It, <laughs> it would actually hurt you on our honor. Damn it. Okay. In what movie does a character say, 
So, I'm 40, I'm not married, I don't fly jets, and I don't have a dog. I grow up to be a loser. Bill the kid! It is the kid. Just Abe knows the kid movie. Okay, here we go. Kid is correct. Just shout him out. Okay, here we go. What character said, All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. You see this. This is my... Ashley Williams. It's Ashley Williams. Don't even need the, the, the multiple choice answers. In what film did a character say, one little change has a ripple effect and it affects everything else? Like a butterfly... Back to the future? It's a butterfly effect. Like, yep. Let me finish my quote. Like a butterfly floats its wings in Tokyo and explodes, or there's a tsunami in, like, you know, somewhere. Jurassic Park 2? Now I'll read the multiple choice options. (laughs) The butterfly effect. Hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. (laughs) (laughs) You're all on the board. Okay. Okay, here we go. In what Star Trek film does Data say, life forms, you tiny life forms, you precious little life forms, where are you? The Voyage Home, Star Trek Generations, or Star Trek First Contact? Generations? Generations? It's got to be First Contact, because that's the only one of them that he's in that's a time travel movie. It is Star Trek Generations. Did you say Generations? I did say Generations. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that one. So the Voyage Home, Generations, or First Contact? Oh, okay. I only heard First Contact of the three. Okay. What film includes this line? It's a time machine. We bought it online. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Napoleon Dynamite. Back to the Future Part 3. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Kind of narrows it down when you say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. All right. This one's obscure. What actor said this? Courage is not absence of fear. It is the presence of fear. Yet the will to move on. In a time travel film, okay. John no. John Doe, no. Bing Crosby, or Martin Lawrence? John Doe. Crosby? Martin Lawrence. <laughs> the answer is Martin Lawrence in the film Black Knight, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in theaters. <laughs> wow, you went up to that one, huh? You saw it yeah. Black Knight in theaters? I didn't know that it was Martin Lawrence for the quote, though. <laughs> okay. This is an easy one. But anyway, who says, come with me if you want to live in the Terminator? Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who's oh, wait, wait, wait. the T600? Who says come with me if you want to live in the Terminator? Doctor Silverman, Lieutenant Traxler, or Kyle Reese? Oh, Kyle Reese. Yeah, it's Kyle Reese, but you all got it wrong because you jumped it. <laughs> Terminator Two. These are hard to talk about Arnold. I don't even remember that movie being uh, that line being said in the first movie. Yeah, he says it right in the Tech Noir when he after he. <laughs> that's what it's called that's what the bar that linda hamilton's in it's called it's, it's called the tech noir <laughs> he like he blasts away arnold schwarzenegger and he's like he goes up to sarah connor he's like come if you want to live he says really fast okay in what film does the character say i am the beginning the end the one who is many i am the borg star trek the voyage first, first contact rations or first contact is it first contact this time yes it is first that contact. would be the one with the borg oh, okay I don't know Star Trek, so I don't, you know, I don't know. These I don't even really know it either, but you just seem to be asking the right questions for the ones I have seen. Okay, who said be excellent to each other? Bill, Ted, or Rufus? Rufus. Rufus. I'll go with the quorum. It's Bill. <laughs> Apparently it's Really? Oh, yeah, I guess. During the speech, maybe. I don't know. Okay. In what time travel film does a character say, some people are just born with tragedy in their blood? Donnie Darko, The Terminator, Army of Darkness. Donnie Darko. Yeah, I think it's Donnie Darko. That is correct. It is okay. It is Donnie Darko. Oh, it's like five more of these. In what film 
Time travel film, does a character say, 90 years ago, I was a freak. Today, I'm an amateur. Time cop, Kate Leopold, time after time. Time cop? Time Kate after time. Leopold. Just so we have all three. Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've run the gamut. The answer is time after time. Bingo! That's a good movie, by the way. Or a fun movie, at least, with Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> and, uh, involving Jack the Ripper in time travel. That'll put Mars a pan in your pie plate, bingo. That's another Star Trek question. In what film does McCoy say, I mean, I may have carried your soul, but I sure couldn't fill your shoes. The Voyage Home, Generations. First Voyage thing. Home. Probably Voyage Home. home right? Yeah. All right. The whale one. The whale one. In what, in what film does the character say, oh, right, where you come from, toasted is the result of reflection and study. Time Traveler's Wife, Kate and Leopold, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Ted. I'll go with Time Traveler's Wife. I have no idea. I'll take the other one. It's Kate and Leopold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that means I got it again yeah. by saying the other one. Let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, another. Okay. Who said this? Yeah, we'd like to take you with us, but it's a history report, not a future report. Bill, Ted, or Rufus? Ted. Bill. <laughs> Rufus. It's Ted. Yeah, Ted. Yeah! Thanks, Mosby. The last one. Who said, oh, wouldn't it be great if I was crazy? Then the world would be okay. Sarah Connor, James Cole, Max Walker. Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor? Yeah. Max Walker. I don't know. James Cole in 12 Monkeys. <laughs> the one we didn't choose. <laughs> Who's Max Walker? What was he in? Christopher is a strange older brother. He's a strange older He's in a former Australian time cricketer. Cop. Time cop. It's the time cop, Gary. Oh, not the guy who plays cricket. It's, no, it's not, it's not cricket player Max Walker. He's got a sweet mustache, though. Put that in the show notes, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get to what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we, well, we have both Taken 2 and Frankenweenie coming out. We'll probably talk about both of those movies in some in some way. Exciting stuff coming up, though, yeah, for sure. Um, I'd imagine Frank and Weenie would probably win out the weekend next weekend. I think that's a safe bet. I would think so, yes. Unless Hotel Transylvania does like, you know, thirty some odd, and Frank and Weenie does like twenty, or it splits the difference and Taken Two takes over. Oof! I don't think that would happen. I think there's far too many children that would go see. What do you think is going to top the box office next weekend? I'll take Taken 2 at $30 million. Taken 2 at $30 million. Wow. Which I think works well enough. I mean, Liam Neeson's certainly sold the first one to success. People like that movie. So. Jordan, what do you think? Where are you, what's, what's your, what are you coming down on? I'll go Taken 2 at 35 and Frank and Weenie at 33 I'll say it'll be close. Close. Abe? Uh, I'll go Frankenweenie, ooh, 31, <laughs> taken to, uh, with a solid, like, 27, 28. Oh, gosh, I'm so bad at these. Now. You've done, you've done better in recent yeah. times. I, I don't know. Frankenweenie, a lot of people are looking forward to Frankenweenie. I, haven't, I don't hear many people talking about Taken 2, but it is Taken 2, right? I mean, you got Liam Neeson coming back to kick more ass in a movie, and that seems to work, right? Like, how much did Unknown make? I don't know. Unknown seems like slip out of the box office pretty quickly. 
I thought it like did well at its opening weekend though, like it's because it's like Liam Neeson doing stuff that's like taken. Even the Gray opened to like twenty something million, twenty like twenty one million. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, Unknown was like twenty one million. Yeah. Just you know, isn't good, so that doesn't help. Um, I'll think I'll still say Frank and Weedy though. Let's see. If Hotel Transylvania is making $43 million in one weekend, then I'll, I'll say Frank and Weedy can open up pretty well as well. And I'll say, I don't know, 34. Mm. All right, so yeah, we'll uh, get to that next week. I don't know if we're going to... We'll figure it out, Abe. We'll figure out which... If we're going to do, like, both movies or two separate episodes, we'll find... I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, find, we'll find a way. In, in some capacity, people are going to hear what we had to say about Taken 2, still Taken, the Taken of Lee, Liam Neeson, 1, 2, 3. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> it's it's gonna happen anyway. That's gonna we're just gonna wrap it up there. That's gonna do it for out now, fair and Abe this week. You can find more of my work in my personal blog, thecodezeke.com. We can find all my written movie reviews was at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com/slash/aaron's_ps3. Abe, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com/slash/walrusmoose. Jordan. You can find me at hhwlod.com, walkingdeadtv.com, and follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey. Laramie. Uh, Twitter, L-A-R-E-M-Y for Laramie. You can uh, find a Cloud Atlas review on Slash Film if you like. My regular review is on film.com, and I'm on Rope of Silicon and filmdrunk.com every so often as well. Awesome. And, um... Didn't announce a winner of that game, by the way, because we just kind of all <laughs> went, through, went through these time travel questions. I'll just say, Jordan, you win. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds arbitrary. <laughs> I'm fine with an arbitrary win. Checks in the mail. Um, you can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes at hhwlod.com, which Jordan has mentioned as well because it hosts all of the fine shows on that network. Um, most of the newest episodes and some exclusives are on outnow.podomatic.com. You can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and uh, feel free to follow and like our pages at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Um, I'll emphasize the email again just because we do have contests open right now. You can win a free copy of The Avengers or uh, Boogie Nights and Magnolia on DVD just because I have those lying around and I announced contests previous weeks on uh, the previous episodes for those involving just emailing in and writing about your favorite P.T. Anderson character or um, what was the Dread contest? Uh, who do you want to be in the next Avengers movie? That's mm-hmm. very easy. Easy contest standard. So out in a podcast at gmail.com if you have an answer for those questions and you can you know win something very easily. Um, anyway, I think that's going to do it this week. Thanks, guys, for coming on talking about Looper. No Thank problem. you. And, uh, yeah, Abe, until next time, so long. And goodbye.
Spoilers. 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 Okay, so Abe, okay. Yeah. You're going to go into it. Okay. So, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I'll talk oh, yeah, about, yeah. about it right now. You're going to edit this out. So oh, yeah. you're, you're saying, okay. So the first time you see Bruce Willis, he's unwrapped and he punches Jiggles out and you see him yep. go through that whole yeah. thing. Okay, so when he... <laughs> basically, okay, so you're seeing... Basically, you're following you're following Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and you get to a flashback. That's essentially what's happening. That's it's just the the movie's not explicitly telling you what's. It's kind of okay. So the movie's out of order in a the, way. Yeah, the movie it's, yeah, it yeah. plays that non-linearly. Right. It, so the first time you see that happen, you're you're still following Joseph Gordon-Levitt up to the part where he falls off the car. Right. So then after so basically after that point, it's like a flashback to to why Bruce Willis got to got there to begin with. So it flashes back, and you see the first time it happens, Joseph Gordon-Levitt takes out Bruce Willis, and then it, you follow Joseph Gordon-Levitt to that, like, uh, the day year one through year 30 thing. Yeah. So that goes all the way up to Bruce Willis, and he travels back in time, and so then you see things from Bruce Willis's perspective. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You see, so it's basically like, it's just a flashback around Bruce Willis. To to uh, to get you to get you to kind of understand where why Bruce Willis is there. Like I see, then, oh clever, well done. Then then once you go, then once like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in where where does he go? What's what's the next scene after you catch up? Yeah, he punches him out again, and he, then yeah, and then you see, and then, and then well, it's, it's when Bruce but when Willis Bruce picks him up after he falls on the car. Yeah, when he picks him up after he falls on the car, that's basically that's when you're back in oh. present timeline again. Like it's, that's the end of the Bruce Willis diversion. Yeah, okay, I, I got you. Oh man, yeah, okay, that makes total sense. Yeah, assuming that I'm reading that correctly, does anyone have any other theory on that's this? The same exact read I had. <laughs> I was wondering why they're going on that rager, but I was like, oh, I guess this is ex- what happens to to young Joe as he goes uh, gets older of the years uh yeah but oh, okay yeah okay yeah I, I was just curious all right hey everybody all right we're back with the special 75th thank you shout out with all of our facebook followers aaron are you excited i'm pumped all right we're gonna shout out everybody who has liked our facebook page and this is just a very small thank you for all the support you guys have given us thanks to jay trembley brianna bindum alexandra moore erica mandigal ashley stauber Early Nguyen, Catherine Yang, and Pussy, Long Chevu, Sean Wright, and Marcus Emilio Robinson's been on the show. Manuel Cordova, Brandon Peters also been on the show. Manamish Mathar, Michael Espy, Wade O'Neill, Maxwell Haddad, he's been on the show. R. Damon Swink, Mercedes Valencia, Philip Price, Willie Joe, Scott Madison, who has also been on the show. Deanna Robinson and John Davis, Callum. Reevee and Rebecca Penn. Hunju Ree. Caitlin Gange. Donnie Salvo. James Patton. Gerard Arriba, he's been here. Rochelle Morgan. Kyle Anderson. Brian White, who is a uh, founder of Wise of Blue. Rex. Alicia Davis. Sharon Clear. Rui Gan. Christopher Wong. Ricardo Allegria. Christine Wong. Kuhan Pushpanathan Jordan Edmund Anna Chang Noura Mazid Sharon Shook Beverly Miller Clint Laird Tammy Carroll Klein Liz BDS Murph Hill Michael Desen Jorge Roxanne Balalong Leah Ducey she's been there yeah Courtney Costello Joe Jans I like emailing back and forth with him <laughs> Adrian Jaskowski Nick Wang Noah Hayes. Scott Butler. 
Matt Levin. <laughs> Daphne Chan. Sarah Cortez. Steven Chizang. Steven Chizang. <laughs> Chris Steele. Lee Cortez. Michael Chen. Michelle Smiley. Graham Loft. Jose Cordova, he's been on here. Gary Dwayne Garcia. Rochelle Bueno. Jamie Anderson. Zach Stewart. Mark Hoban, frequent guest of the show. Alan Aguilera, never heard of him. <laughs> Danielle Mers Wilson. Anna Butler. Anthony DeMarco. Kenneth Grace Galari. Josh Leppy. Shao Steer. Randy Rao. Jan P. Chen. Catherine Clark. Donna Block. Michael Hernandez. Clover Chadwick. Scott Music. Allison Cole. Friend of the show, Adam Gentry. Show art designer, Miranda Cortez. Randy Rollman. Susan Moe, she's been here. Matt Goodman, he's been here. Shauna Banks. Kyle Stroud. He's been here once. <laughs> Jennifer Pulford. Frequent guest, Mark Johnson. Jeanette Takis. Sue Ann Venezuela. Christine Ulick. Jim Dietz, the voice himself. Jasmine Rodriguez. Leslie Nguyen. Scooter Takis. Eric Weimers. Lindsay Starnes. Oh, mother of Aaron. Deborah Denise Denmark. Spencer Yeh. Amanda Walter. Steven Sherratt. Nikki Lundberg. Michelle Cook. Mario Mutis. Tyler Johnson. Gary Lynn. Chris Church. Johanna Davidson. Ken Knopfsinger. He's been, he's been around. Sandy Louie. Jason Wun. Jordan Grout, friend of the show. Mr. Hess. Vincent Lai. All right. Uh, thank you to everybody who we just had out. We may have mispronounced your name. We're sorry for that, but we really appreciate your support and your continued support. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we thank all the people that have emailed in. We like having emails and we go back and forth with some people sometimes we like reading them on the show we would certainly like to read them more if we can if we get more emails we the more the merrier um the itunes reviews all the guys that have you know written in actual reviews that's thanks to you and you know for anyone that's rated the show as well just thank, thanks for that and um on twitter um yeah guys who follow us on twitter we appreciate all the the follows and uh anyone who interacts with us um that's also good and uh yeah the um you know we we like doing the show. Uh, we've got the seventy five episodes now. We've got we've done more technically just because of all the bonus episodes we do, which I don't count as actual show numbers. But you know, it's it's fun to do this every week, and it's happy to reach something like a seventy fifth episode. So that's a lot of fun. And um, you know, one of the things we're going to be doing in the future that we're going to add on, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and start up a, a YouTube page for the uh, for the show for the podcast. And the idea of this page would be to kind of condense the show into just the review segment. So we'll, you know, have start providing, putting links in for that too, as well as once we kind of get that rolling out. But that's one of the things that we're going to, we're looking to do in the future. We're going to have kind of a, our own out now YouTube page, which will have just the kind of the review portion of the podcast for those who don't listen to like, want, don't, don't want, don't want to listen to like the entire episode, but want to get like a good, good, healthy. Just down to the, the nitty gritty. Exactly. exactly yeah. Yeah. So anyone and you know we'll start out with just the audio hopefully we'll move into some other stuff uh, but yeah you know we're excited about some new developments that are going on without now and here today and uh, we also just uh, want to say thank you for your continued support yeah and we'll, uh, we'll keep going as we're going so steady as she goes exactly all right <laughs> 
Well, thanks a lot, guys. And um, Aaron, happy 75th, man. Yeah, for sure. Back at you, buddy. And uh, <laughs> I, I think there's something special coming in right after this end, so uh, stay tuned. Dr. Predalien, where are you? <laughs> this is the worst episode of Scrubs ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dr. Scott said some pretty good lines. Uh, if I the one group of people that I would recommend seeing this movie are eleven to almost thirteen year olds that don't have access to the internet alone yet, and they want something to go make their privates feel tingly. Oh, and if if I could just jump back in quick, I'd no, say no, you can't, a... Abe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what is your name, Freddie Quell? What is your name, Freddie Quell? What is your name, Freddie Quell? If you can make up a swear word with one animal and your favorite cuss word, what would it be? Horse shit's already taken, right? Yeah. So, uh, how about... Like original. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think. How about Wolverine... F- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but I, I, I also I really, really like his Dracula. I, I really like him as uh, as Gordon in the Dark Knight movies. I mean, uh, he's... And to, yeah, I don't... Like, especially Dark Knight. Like, uh, he's great in that movie. Underrated. <laughs> What, do you, what about the professional? That's more. That's the other one that stuck out to me. I was going for yeah. Fifth Element too because I think he's just so cheesy and fun. I think he's. I think. <laughs> I think he's. Per- could have just gone with. He's, that. he's better the professional. I would say. No, I know, but still. Yeah. The, the best answer would have been everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there's no real. There's no like. He's not gifted in any way. He just. He's just told by Dominic Cooper that if you're if you're truly honest, Dave, you can do this. And like, okay, that means I can chop this tree down now. No, it wasn't alright. He lit his genitals on fire. Like, it- I got. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing I want you to hit from now on is this. And he holds up his yeah. fist, and they. And he's like, I got out. a surprise for you. And everybody's in the back. He's like, dude, weren't you facing that way talking to him? And did you see everybody just standing there? <laughs> <laughs> Where are the chems? Where are they? Where are the chems? Where are they? Where are the chems? <laughs> Where are the Laden? Where are the chems? Where are the chems and Bin Laden? Where's your trigger man? Where is he? Can we talk about the, uh, what is it, the chems? The chems? <laughs> Where are the chems? Where's the green? You're always like, where's Bruce Willis? I didn't ever see him. But now you're just like, oh, there he is. The, the Togo's over there. He's getting a sandwich. Yeah, he's hanging out. <laughs> 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 I've long thought about glitter as the ultimate weapon. Even if he gets like most of it off, it's still good. he's still going to have like some speckles on him, and you're going to be like, "Why is he shiny? Because he has glitter on him. That's weird, right?" So his 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 day's ruined. Thanks, bro. Any time, little brother. I'll be backing you up to the end. For reals. For reals. We roll together. We die together. 187 this bitch, bro.